All right, Blaine Kylo. Man, what a day we are, but we are given the opportunity of a reprieve from all the politics uh, to just chat and geek out a little bit. How are you today? I am well. And I and I will say just to sort of so that we've got something that's at least topical, Twitter did shut down Donald Trump's um, Twitter account for a 12-hour period. It remains to be seen whether they'll actually turn it back on again after that. There was three particular tweets that he sent out inside, I'm going to say about two hours, that they completely removed. They didn't just flag them. They completely removed because they say they violated Twitter rules. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. There was some threats there from Twitter that um, if this continues, they'll they'll delete the account, which would be... Uh, which would be a real kick to Donald Trump because I'm sure he would just create a new one, but it would be a real kick to him because I mean, that's his been his biggest access point. So yeah, he can um, create okay. a new one, but he certainly wouldn't have that kind of traffic on it. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's at 88.7 million followers. So yeah, that's, that's what uh, he's in it for. Yeah. Um, that's exactly what he's in it for. All right. So where do you want to start tonight here? We've got uh, all kinds of lawsuits and fights and more scrapping going on in technological world uh, as well. So where do we get started? Blaine Kylo. Well, let's start with what Apple wants to do and why it's making Facebook in particular so upset. Um, one of the things that Apple has seized on in the past sort of year, year and a half has been personal privacy. And it's a way that Apple has tried to distinguish itself from some of the other tech companies and that, that are so much a part of our lives is by doubling down on this notion that we should be able to keep our, um, our privacy to ourselves and we should have control over that. And so one of the things that they wanted to uh, rolled out in the latest iOS operating system for their mobile devices was a change from an automatic, automatic opt in to an automatic opt out when it comes to you being tracked by apps for advertising and, and related purposes. So right now, Facebook and, and Snapchat and a lot of other apps that you're running on your devices, they the terms of service for you using those apps is you agree to let them track you. That's an automatic opt-in. Like you can opt out of that if you want, but you have to actually go through steps and understand where to go and, and, and understand that that isn't actually an option for you. What Apple wants to do is say, actually, let's give people the default of an automatic opt-out. And so they will have to manually, for every one of the the, the apps that, that want to track you on your smartphone, you have to actually uh, give them permission to do that. They can't automatically do it and then expect you to figure out how to decline that opportunity. Now, Facebook is not very happy about this because it could potentially crater their business, which is all advertising-based. Um, and so in December, they had a pretty massive campaign complaining about this change, and, and they actually claimed that they were standing up for small business um, because small businesses do a lot of advertising and in, in Facebook. And that kind of targeting, that geo-targeting, like knowing where I live and knowing that, okay, well, I can target my ads to you. There's no point in somebody 
with a business in, in North Vancouver advertising to somebody in Toronto. And so that's one of the benefits of this kind of geo-tracking and knowing where people are is businesses can only pay for ads that are actually going to be getting to the people who can use them. So there is a benefit there. Um, what Apple is saying is, hey, people can still get that. They're just going to give you permission to do that instead of you automatically doing it. Not a lot of sympathy, though, from people for Facebook on this one. I mean, they have been, you know, milking the teat of people's personal behavior for so many years. I mean, this really seems to me to be a strike in the favor of most people going perfect. Well, and, you know, it, it's really interesting. One of the reasons I think that Apple is doing this is they're trying to get ahead. I, we're seeing in the past year, we're seeing a real shift, especially in the U.S. with the policymakers, a shift in how they're thinking about the big tech companies. Um, we've got now um, some cases against Facebook, some cases against Google, and I think there hasn't been anything announced against Apple. And I think one of the reasons is because Apple's been very smart to get out ahead of things and start making some changes themselves that make it less likely that those changes will be forced upon them by the government. So more lawsuits in Canada, though. Um, tell me the story here, how Canadians can get on the uh, lawsuit bandwagon. Yeah, this actually started in BC in 2005 and finally settled last year. It's a class action lawsuit for Canadians against Microsoft. And it essentially, um, the, the original claim was that Microsoft was abusing its power. It's the same kind of thing that happened in the late 90s with Microsoft, that they abused their power and their position to try and force people to um, purchase software from Microsoft, maybe pay more for that software than they would if Microsoft didn't own all of the different parts of the business. And there was a mediation. There was an agreement to mediate this dispute. And so last year it was all resolved. And so anybody who purchased a license for Windows versions of either Microsoft operating systems, so, um, you know, Microsoft uh, DOS or Microsoft Windows when their operating system became known as Windows, or its Office software programs, if you purchased a license for any of those things between 1998 and 2010, you can get in on this settlement and you don't even need to provide a receipt. If you're filing a claim for under $250, you don't need receipts. You just have to swear um, that you're telling the truth when you submit the claim online. Now, you're not getting full price. It's like $13 you're getting for... Um, an operating system or $8 if you paid for a license for Microsoft Word or something like that. So it's not a ton of money, but it is something. And it's Microsoft acknowledging that, yeah, maybe they uh, they were a bit out of line and this is a way for them to make good. It would be nice, though, if it was like 300 bucks, though. Huh? <laughs> yeah, who couldn't use that these days? Yeah, no kidding. All right, phones. We've got uh, new stuff coming out as, uh, you know, the iPhone's done pretty well in the last couple of months since it's come out. Samsung, ready to go, ready to uh, try to knock that one off the pedestal. 
Yeah, Samsung. I mean, it, CES starts next week, the big consumer electronics show. So everything's kind of kicking off. Um, it, CES is all digital this year. Um, normally, the trade show, which happens in Vegas and kind of consumes all of the media for the first couple of weeks of January, um, it's a trade show reserved for manufacturers and retailers and the media. And so people can't just go. Um, but because it's online this year, it's a completely different experience. And the different tech companies are not sort of sticking in line with only doing stuff during CES. So things started early. And today, Samsung previewed what the TVs they're going to be showing in CES next week are going to be. So they've got new mini LED technology in their flagship QLED screens. Mini LEDs are just smaller LEDs. They're smaller diodes. And when you use smaller diodes in your uh, QLED TVs, it means you've got more of them there. So you can deliver a picture that's got darker blacks and a more refined color image. So that's something that they've introduced. They're also introducing some new software features. So you can actually play games on these new QLEDs at an ultra-wide 32 by 9 aspect ratio. So you get black bars on the top and the bottom, but you get this really wide um, picture, which is kind of fun for some games. And you can also cast video calls from your smartphone to these TVs. So you can do all of the things that you can do on a phone, you can now do on that great big TV if you're having family visits and things like that. Well, that's kind of cool. And Samsung is also going to be the first to introduce a consumer TV that uses micro LED technology. These are LED diodes that are so small that there is an LED for each pixel in the screen. These are the TVs that enable massive screen sizes. Um, Samsung had a great big huge one in the CES hall last year, and this year they're releasing 110-inch and 99-inch models of the micro-LED screens, and they say they've got smaller versions planned for later this year. Pricing on this hasn't been announced yet, but um, the the 110-inch Samsung micro-LED was released for sale in Korea late last year, and I think it was something like 60000 U.S. dollars. So well, no probably not something you're going to find on your wall, but interesting technology. Well, you know, it seems like with TVs, I've learned one thing, is that every single year you have a chance to get blacker blacks. It's kind of like golf balls, right? Like every year the golf ball goes three yards further, but 30 years later, you're still not hitting the ball 30 yards longer. You know what I mean? It's like in the TV land, they're like, oh, these finally you have a chance to get the blackest blacks. And every year they sell more blacker blacks. Yeah, it, it, it is true. You don't need to buy a new TV every year, but if you haven't purchased a 4K TV, and now is a good time to do it actually because the technology is now pushing into 8K TVs. You're not going to have any content for 8K TVs for a long time, but because the TVs are going that way, it's pushing down the price of the 4K TVs. So if you're ready for an upgrade, it's a good time. All right, we got about 30 seconds left. Blaine Kylo at SoloCore, solocore.com. Tell me about Nintendo shopping in Canada. 
Yeah, they announced this week that they're acquiring Next Level Games, which has been making games for Nintendo for a couple of years. The deal here is it it seems like Next Level was looking to sell themselves, and Nintendo thought, huh, they've been making really good games for us, and we don't really want them to take that expertise anywhere else. Maybe they should become part of us. And so that deal looks to close later this year. Nintendo, uh, the last game that Next Level made for Nintendo was Luigi's Mansion 3, and it's amazing. Blaine Kylo, Technological World, Solocore.com. Thank you, sir. Look forward to the chat next week. Be safe. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.